0: Welcome, welcome to love in the liminal. with me. Now this time I want you to really mean it. I want this to be the deepest breath you've taken all day. You to feel whatever point of contact you have to this earth whether it be your ass on the chair your feet on the floor feel it be here with whatever comes up with whatever curiosity, with whatever pings you feel, I invite you to be here. So, today we're talking about EFT. I put EFTology to be a little quirky, and you know, we're talking about the study of EFT. What is this thing that you speak of? And why specifically do we talk about it in terms of finding love in liminal space? So when we become curious or, you know, we're just desperate for this journey to shape our lives around that finding love in disorientation as just a part of being alive we need tools that honor our humanity we need tools that say hey that thing that thing you're scared of that thing that hurts that thing that you're told to ignore that thing is not bad I won't deny that it hurts I won't deny that it's hard, but it is not bad. It is not wrong. It is you. It is your humanity and it is your way through. In fact, it is your only way through. We need tools that tell us that, that remind us that even when we forget. And for me, that is what EFT has been and not just the tool itself, but specifically the people who have sat with the tool and then facilitated it to me and sat with me and been a mirror and been a witness for my shit held me in that safe container while I'm in the, in the midst of my shit and who have reflected back to me that that's so real that's so honest And it's so okay that you feel like that. So, a couple caveats before we really get into this episode. Is that the way we will be exploring EFT today is based on the way that I interpret the tool. It is based on the way that I was trained in this modality by the Sonia School of Living Arts. And This is not everyone's approach to the tool. Like most things, it is subject to our deepest biases So it's not the only way I've seen it used and yet This is the most evolved, rooted, and real My other caveat is that not hiding behind the theory of something, the, the textbook, the philosophy of something, and really getting into the vulnerable heart of the matter is a growth edge for me. Because I, I value science. And, and when I say that, I mean true science hypothesis and exploration of how this infinitely creative universe is communicating with us the same way i value astrology the same way i value lived experience i value the mechanics of things and still i recognize that often when people come to interact with a tool that is supposed to be of use to them they, that's what they want to know Why is this of use to me and not necessarily the mechanics of how it's going to work? And I respect that. You've got kids, you've got school, you've got your daily chores, you've got to go to work, maybe you have like D, all of the above. So if you simply want to know why it's useful to you, hey, I see you. I get it. And if you want to understand the history, the clinical publications, the research around it, I see you too. And there will be a link to EFT Universe's resource page. And it will show you all of the studies that EFT has been involved in, all the publications, and all of those results. It's actually a, a really juicy, like, meaty link. So... If you want that, it's there. But for today's show, for today's discussion, the conversation that we're going to be have having, I want to get into why we use EFT. And yes, we are going to geek out a little to help create a foundation for the rest of the show and for our further discussions. And so, there are three elements to EFT. There is a spiritual element, there is a psychological element, and there is a physical element. And I will break those down in more detail later. Something that I find of use is when you're trying to convey what something is, you start with what it's not to kind of weed that out. And get that out of the way. So that's what we're gonna do here to help us get a better understanding of what it actually is. Let's talk about what it's not. So, what it's not, right off the bat, it is not your five minute miracle, it is not this instant or immediate fix. Ah. What a bummer. I know, okay? I know. And I can hear the tone of capitalism now, okay? If I can order anything in two days, I should be able to order emotional freedom and get it here in two days. So what the f- I, I get it, okay? And emotional freedom is available. Let me be so clear. It is available. But it is not a five-minute miracle. It is a practice. And so yeah, although EFT can shift our worldview and the way we orientate ourselves to this world at lightning speeds, speeds I've never seen before, you will get out exactly what you're willing to put into this work. Period. Period. And I know how disappointing that is. Like, I, I get that. Coming from someone whose core wound is that I'm broken, that there's something wrong with me and that I need fixing, if there's something that's going to promise to, quote, fix me or even insinuate that it maybe could, I have and I would buy into that. So, I get it. Like, the pants that you bought. Thinking and hoping, maybe now I'll finally love my body in these. You know, the the never-ending skincare products or the vials of juice to pump into yourself because someone sold you that aging was not okay. So, here's here's this thing, here's this syringe of of eternal beauty, the processed sugar for a quick hit of fleeting pleasure, the medications that you take designed to suppress symptoms for that symptomatic relief and never core true healing. I am right there with you. And even the course, the book, the coaching. Maybe you can fix me. I want to acknowledge the part of you that as I say that is maybe starting to argue like, hey, sis, that's exactly what you're doing. No, I see you. I hear your concern. I understand that trepidation, that apprehension, and I want to let you know it's okay to be a skeptic. I don't mind. And I'm not in the business of trying to change that about you. So EFT, it's it's not a fad. It's This search for love, for meaning, for self-actualization and understanding has been had long before any of you that are listening landed on this planet. I couldn't, and I wouldn't, waste my resources trying to force you to believe that this work matters. So that's what this work is not. You keep what you believe. For as long as you need, even if it costs you, do your thing. And I heard this word in a specific context, and I feel it could be of use here. So I want to get into the concept of a Pollyanna. It was a book and a movie. And when I was looking it up, the definition of a Pollyanna is a person characterized by irrepressible optimism and a tendency to find good in everything. Wouldn't that be great? This belief that everything will be bright, favorable, and fair. What? Okay. As I was looking this up, I found more on Pollyanna being considered a mental illness, that it's considered Polly... Anna syndrome. And let me just start right here. Let me back up a little bit. I'm not a psychotherapist. One more time for the people who maybe weren't paying attention, maybe are driving their car and like, you know, maybe are doing the dishes and you couldn't get that one spot and you didn't hear me. I'm not a psychotherapist. Okay? I'm simply reading what I read on the internet. Alright? The Pollyanna syndrome The occurrence and danger of such attitudes in psychotherapy may occur in both patients and their therapist. So being an excessively or blindly optimistic person, those characteristics can be found in a patient or in a therapist. So if I'm not a psychotherapist, if I'm not a Pollyanna, we'll look more at what my role actually is, later in another episode. But just to keep it in this discussion of different kinds of approaches, as I was looking this up, I found logotherapy. And in short, it's the difference between an ineffective and an effective approach is basically between being optimistic and being realistic. So whether this works or not is the difference of being a patronizing positive Polly and being and being, you know, showing up for the part of you that sees and feels how hard it can be to live in a body with such big feelings and constant change. And undeniable mortality so this is not the redundant rhetoric that you're just not high vibe enough that those feelings are low frequency man you gotta stay away from that you just gotta change your mindset you just gotta manifest better this is not bypassing and it's also not some panacea or some cure-all so so what is it? If it's not those things and we're all bummed out, what is it? It is prowess. Okay? It is courage. It is the catharsis that you find by going through by inviting acceptance, empathy and forgiveness for what is. and that kind of leads me right into the spiritual element of EFT to look at the spiritual element I'd like to draw on this word this belief it's a Greek word agape agape cute little word And it means universal love. Love that transcends and persists regardless of circumstance. I'm going to say that last part again. Regardless of circumstance. Regardless if things were bright, favorable, and fair. Unconditional love. This is the spiritual element of EFt. And so I want you to imagine that you have this agape, this infinite supply of love, that all-encompassing, omnipresent, divine love. And if you're like, ma'am, I, I this is a little much, okay I I, I see where you're going, but that's kind of hard for me to I understand infinitude is can be hard for our minds to grasp so I just want you to imagine the purest love that you know not with your mind and your body and I want you to imagine a cup uh, some sort of vessel to hold this in and this vessel can be just that can be a beautiful jeweled gold vessel that's dripping in just the finest of divine light or it can be a plastic cup that you keep in the cabinets and it's filled with sink water. Water to wine, am I right? Like it's, it it can be, your cup can look how you want your cup to look, okay? But either way, it's this infinite love in this cup. It doesn't run out. But to kind of help your mind get there, imagine that it's contained in this cup. And you're taking your cup You're pouring that divine love all over this moment and it's soaking up. It's traveling in between the space of your cells. You're breathing into it. You're melting into it. You feel this love invite you to settle into the support that's beneath you. You notice how tethered to the earth you are How does your body drip with that? What changes? For me, my shoulders go down, my jaw relaxes. I feel my ass on the seat. And I start breathing from my belly instead of up here, my chest and my throat. That's what actually somatically changes in my body when I pour that infinite agape, that love, that divine light all over right now. now I want you to imagine this cup that you've just poured all into this moment and I want you to take it and I want you to blaze a trail and I want you to pour it all over your past. And I don't mean over in the sense that it's diminishing or denying what happened back there. No. I want you to pour it all over, just adding itself to the mix how would that change how you relate to your life? and based on that what would change about your future? so this tool involves the nebulous space the sixth sense of tuning in to the emotional body as well as language and our conscious mind to help convey the story of that. But really, the truest truth will come through your mother tongue. It will come through the language of the movement in your body. And to help feed vulnerability and connection we get to tell the story of that with the language that we learned so here comes the psychological element this serves as like the search function and for this I have a question for you earlier we spoke briefly about the different coping mechanisms that we might have and my question to you is this what are you addicted to Now, I know you might be thinking, um, I'm sorry, but we just met. (laughs) Just humor me for a moment. You don't have to tell anybody of what you find out as we get a little curious. You don't have to do anything with this information, but I invite you just to, just amuse with me. No strings attached. No judgment. What am I addicted to? Is it food? Is it booze? Maybe, hedonistic consumerism? AKA, I buy a lot of shit. Is it cortisol? Is it cannabis? Is it cleaning? And control? You don't have to go searching for an answer, because I bet you already know. And on a scale of 1 to ten, one being not an issue at all, shouldn't have even picked that as my thing, 10 being, oh yeah, that's... uh, That's the one. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much are you using this to substitute reality? Before you get all jittery, before you get all anxious, like, what if this is not the right number? Let yourself be intuitively guided. If you're in between numbers, I like to round up because, you know, if you're in between numbers... Eh. Or you can put a 0.5 on the end, you could put a 0.7, you could put a 0.785, I, you know what number you're at. But now I want you to ask yourself, using that same scale, 1 to 10, how comfortable are you admitting these numbers to yourself? And if after this, or if you want to stop it right now and you want to journal about what you just uncovered, take that space. My point with this exercise is that acknowledging the the possibility of being able to acknowledge where you're at, where you stand, that investigation of saying, okay, yeah, I'm addicted to control. I substitute reality like that. I mean, I I just, I want to control everything. It's got to be at least an age you know, for now, I'm sitting with it, and it's not that big of a deal, I'm a five, but I mean, I kind of want to control the situation, and I don't want to talk about this, so yeah, like, it's more like a nine, and that was all really hard to say, but like I said it, so I, I guess admitting it was like a six, but now I'm here, and I know this search function, so the possibility of acknowledging is the grassroots, roots so now the physical element of eft may be the weirdest of all i could argue for reasons as to why the other ones are weird in this one this one gets jiggy this one gets like what what, what am i currently doing <laughs> i look ridiculous yeah you do so let's geek out for a moment emotional freedom technique eft also commonly known as tapping. Why is it commonly known as tapping? Because you're tapping on your face. So it is gentle percussive tapping on specific acupressure points along the meridian lines. This is to open up the flow of energy in the body known in traditional Chinese medicine as qi. And so as you're tapping and breathing deeply you're releasing stored stress of the nervous system. Accompanied with this empathetic, honest awareness of the psychological and spiritual element, you are rewiring the very circuitry in your brain. If we wanna get really technical, you're putting your brain in a sort of theta state between waking and sleeping. That is what's necessary In order to access that subconscious mind that's running the show all in all by accepting by acknowledging where we are and accepting that bringing that agape into the mix of that thing that we just brought up using our mind and using our memory using our body and using our body to tell that story that we can't really express with words but it's just there By acknowledging and accepting that the parts of us that are hell-bent on keeping us stuck, keeping us in their version of safe, they began to feel seen. They began to feel understood and heard, and they're no longer grappling with this, like, if I give this over to you, you're just going to tell me why I'm wrong and why I'm bad and why I need to release it, so I'm not going to give it to you. Those parts of us, as they feel seen, as they feel understood and heard, they loosen their grip on our lives. And we haven't tapped together yet, so let me offer you some potential call and response examples. Even though I have absolutely no idea how this will unfold, I'm open to the journey. Another one is, this part of me that wants no part of this. It's going to be really powerful to say when we're using parts work, IFS, internal family systems. Like I said, if you want to go deeper into these individual modalities, I highly encourage you to do that. The baseline, like the principle of it, is that there is this capital S self. And when we start getting tied up in, I feel sad, I feel mad, I feel this, but then we don't fully feel mad because we also kind of feel relieved. We don't really give ourselves the space because we have claimed it. We have stepped inside of it and we have said, I am this. So we are including our capital S self in the emotion and we are not the emotion. They are an integral part of our humanity But stepping outside of it and saying, okay, yeah, I acknowledge that there is this part of me over here who's like, I don't want to do any of this. This lady that's talking about this really weird tapping, like, I I, I don't, first of all, I don't believe her, and I don't want to do this. And then there's this other part that's like, I mean, but we've gotten this far, and she kind of has a point, and like, I'm intrigued because I feel like shit, and she's telling me that's okay. A- and she's telling me that this part over here that doesn't want anything to do with it, that that's okay too. Which, no one's ever told me that before. It's okay that a part of you feels that way, and a part of you feels this way. We can acknowledge both of them without claiming either of them as our identity. Another call and response example is, I've never loved like this before, what if it changes everything? I really want you to sit with that one. That one strikes me pretty much every time. I've never loved like this before. You're telling me this is possible, but like, I believe you. But what if it changes my whole life? What if it means the things in my relationship that I could barely stand, I no longer can tolerate What if it means that I can't handle the side-eyes from my family or the this or the that? What if it means that I choose to love myself and and that changes my whole world? And what if that's really hard? And one that's used a lot in this form of EFT the way I was taught by Sonia Sophia herself. I'm open to loving and accepting myself we use this I'm open because we're not always ready to say I fully and completely love and accept my damn self my messy my crazy we're not always there and when we are we have that option we always have that option and when we're not we're able to say I'm open to maybe hopefully potentially probably not but maybe so potentially open to loving and accepting myself, but I'm not really sure. And it's okay if I don't. But like I, I, I could see it happening. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But like I, I'm almost open to it. We can make it as far away as we need, and we can bring it as close in as we want. Okay. So those were just some call and response to really get you familiar with like what, what do you mean? What do we talk about? Those are some of the things that we talk about. That's how we put this spiritual, this psychological element into place, all the while we're tapping, we're breathing, we're clearing the stored stress in the nervous system, we're bringing the subconscious online, we're acknowledging what's happening, the sensations in the body, to bring the body on board. My candle just dropped. Not like alarmingly, like the place is going to burn down, but anyway. <laughs> so, to kind of start to wrap us up and close this out, I want to offer a quote From Deja Blue, they said, It's giving space without judging, guilting, shaming, or projecting. This wasn't in direct response to EFT itself. But when she said that, I was like, yeah, yeah. That's that's what this is. But this doesn't mean a life without. Now stick with me. Giving said spaciousness. To the parts of you that may just need to be held in their judgment while there's guilt. In the midst of shame and projection, you are zooming in on an experience in such a way that inherently zooms you out and offers you perspective. Glennon Doyle said this recently in her letters to love. And I don't have the quote with me, but it was something along the lines of you people. Again, letters from love. So this is a conversation between that, that agape, that infinite, unconditional love speaking to her. Saying, you people think heaven is so far up there because you really know heaven is just perspective. I, first of all, I started bawling when I heard that. I pa- I had to pause the show, I had to give myself a minute, and I re-listened, because I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, I- wait, wait, We <laughs> rewind, <laughs> and honestly, either way, I mean, either way, you will experience pain, we can pretend we don't, okay, and like I said, you can keep that. You can keep that coping mechanism. You can keep that belief for as long as you want. It's yours. Either way, we're going to experience pain. We can deny ourselves that basic truth. We can call it the devil and build our lives avoiding it. Eventually, just to use that shame, that guilt... And judgment against ourselves and I for one am very familiar with this and we can learn and move to accept how utterly human we are in nature that this life is one constant liminal space in other words choose your battles and your weapons wisely So, I hope you enjoyed that little study session of EFT with me. I appreciate you joining, and I really hope this was helpful in unpacking and understanding how layered this is, and why we tap, and a touch on how it works. Sometimes, I need a pep talk to do this work. Sometimes I just need to understand what's in it for me. And if you're a homie that does it best by doing, come back for our next episode where we'll put all of this into practice. Because although sometimes I need a pep talk, I need to understand why, other times I just need to be put right in front of it and try it out and see how it feels for me so like i said if that is you and if you've gotten anything from today i invite you to come back to our next episode which is not next week but the next and tap with us for that episode i invite you to have a safe space whatever that looks like for you maybe you need some water maybe you need a journal maybe you need a pillow maybe you just need a room to yourself that you can lock the door And really be intimate with yourself. Like I said, I am so glad that you joined today. I deeply, deeply appreciate you. And we'll talk soon. Have a day. Bye. Thanks again for listening. And if you would like to continue the conversation, I welcome you back with open, open arms. Best way to keep in touch with the show is to give it a quick follow. Other things that really help it out are ratings and reviews, quick testaments of our time together. Take care. Talk soon.